Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. I'm going to pray for us, then we're going to get things moving. Father, I thank you for your greatness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your peace. I thank you receive each and every single one of us as we are, but you don't leave us that way. You are bringing us and guiding us forward in Jesus' name. Amen. So last Sunday, we talked about new realities. And new realities is such a key talk for us. And it's important that I flag it right here, right now, that when we're talking about new realities, we're talking about something so profound. That in the beginning of the Genesis story, God creator, Elohim, God plural, the Trinity, straight from the verse one of the Genesis, the first verse of the Bible, the Trinity is evident. God spoke and all things were made and created. He spoke. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. God the Father, the Creator, revealed as the Father in the New Testament, spoke. And what he spoke became real. It became a reality. Now, so often when people talk about creation, they find this part of the story something that's quite difficult to grasp and to to comprehend as being something feasible because of the fact that you and I speak all the time. And solar systems don't come flying out of our mouths and the universe doesn't come flying out of our mouths and all these kinds of things. But one of the things that the ancient rabbis said, the wise sages of old, is they said, of course, he spoke everything to existence because our words create new realities all the time. Just like I mentioned in the build up while we were just having fun and chilling out for the beginning bit while we just wait for everyone to join in. Jurgen Klopp spoke a new reality for a team that hadn't won the league in 30 years. His first ever press conference in four years time, we will have won the title once. Did exactly what he said. He spoke a new reality into being our words and our beliefs and our values and our vision. When those things match and unite together, it creates something so sacred, so powerful, so wonderful. And I want you to know that at City Hill, we were talking about the current events and issues facing our society right now. And we said, we're not reacting, we're not responding. What we're doing is what Jesus did, where he said, I don't say things of my own initiative. I don't do things of my own initiative. I do and I say what I see my father doing and what I hear my father saying. And so what we've been doing is we've been saying, Father, what are you saying? What is it you're speaking? What are you doing? We've been looking at his word. We've been trying to unite ourselves with what it is that he is doing. And so what we've done is if you ever go on the City Hill London app or if you ever go onto our website, uh, we have a giving form. Now, on that form, for those of you who are part of City Hill and have been given to our church, thank you for your generosity. We've never taken up an offering and we um, we won't. That's not how we do things. People just choose to give of their own volition. But I have to talk about this because it's important because people will see a change. And I have to talk about it for a number of weeks so that people don't get confused by that change and think something's gone horribly wrong. So for years, we've had give to Father the Fatherless. And that's disappeared. We've changed it and renamed it to New Realities. So I was talking last week about how we sponsor six children in uh, Kagera, Tanzania, through the African Child Trust, who their dads have died. So they're fatherless. Some of them are orphaned. And as soon as that happens, their opportunities and reality go from here to here. And then when we come in and sponsor, we take their reality from being here to through the roof, like we're believing some of them are going to be teachers, we're believing some of them are going to be doctors, we believe some of them are going to be world changers. So we speak a new reality into their lives. Now, the second thing that I spoke about last Sunday, and I want to re-emphasize today, 
is that we have now not just given to, but we are effectively seeking in conversation and building a partnership with Symphony Schools. Symphony Schools is a new initiative by a fantastic friend, an amazing man of God, Seth Pinnock. And what Symphony Schools is, is it's free tuition for black boys in the UK around GCSE time. And they don't just do the free tuition, but there's mentoring and there's also network events for them to meet key business leaders, influencers and shapers. So we gave an amount to help. And I said to him, I'm, I don't even care about giving this amount. I'm just giving it as a sow of seed just to encourage you, whoop, whoop. But what we want to do is we want to give monthly to what it is that you're doing. We want to give monthly. And so while they're getting their feet sorted, they've hit their target, they've raised all the money they need to launch, which is so exciting. That happened, I think, yesterday. Uh, they've raised the 30000 they need, which is so cool. We're going to start giving even before they support any children. We're going to give a monthly amount. But as things grow and develop with what they're doing, they're doing it in Birmingham, and they've got a long-term view to also do it in London. So we're going to be giving and supporting that because we believe they're creating new realities for young black boys in London, in Birmingham, hopefully in Manchester as well. They're doing, they've got big plans, big vision. I mean, they're starting off with Burms because that's where they know and they've got the resources and stuff. Incredible, incredible opportunities. We've been talking about as a church behind the scenes about things that we can do, that we can put creative sessions for black young people to express um, themselves uh, and also to find some healing and to creative outlets that can make known the story that they experience, not just the ones that get in the media, but their own story and sharing that narrative in a way that people who are unaware, because there's a lot of folks in the UK that are unaware, they, they hear George Floyd, and, and that's an American thing. They're not too aware of here. We want to empower young people to share their stories of how they feel about our nation, how they feel about local government, how they feel about the police, how they feel that they are seen, all these kind of things. So we're working on some exciting stuff around that. We're also going to be working on creating groups for um, young white people to talk about the confusion they have around the topic of race to hopefully bring some clarity and even this week as I've been looking into that and, and making some moves some incredible opportunities present themselves someone from the quite a senior person in the Met that I know has been in touch with me about how they can connect and build in, in, in Lambeth which is such a great thing so I'm going to hopefully having conversations this week so God when we started to speak a new reality he starts to put things in place. You see, Jurgen Klopp started to speak about their winner title in four years' time. He started to speak, but when he spoke, he starts to make moves towards it. As we speak, we're speaking and forming and shaping new realities around us. That's what God does. That's what God wants us to do. And he calls us to be active participants in speaking his word. His word does not return to him void. He accomplishes what he wants to do in his word. He wants us to start speaking that same message. So I want to take us from where we were with the idea that the Trinity is made known in Genesis 1. That God is Elohim, which in Hebrew is not singular, not dual, which they have. They don't have singular plural. They have singular, dual, plural. Elohim is God creator, plural. We see the spirit of God hovering over the water. We see God creator, which is John reveals in his gospel and Jesus reveals as being the father, God the father he reveals to us. And then there is this spoken word that speaks all these things into being. And then I want to just read something uh, to us from John chapter 1. If you don't know about the Bible Book Club, listen, there's a link in our, in our bio which has all the links that you need. There's one for the Bible Book Club. It's a great thing. We just started. You missed the first session. We're going through the book of John at the moment. 
Um, it's a great thing. Make sure you click there and subscribe. Also, if you'd like to connect with us, just click on that link. It'll give you a digital connect card. We'd love to let you know more about our mission, vision, and values as a church. So please do sign up there. We've been looking at John chapter 1. I want to read from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. God's light is wanting to shine through you and me. And I tell you what, when God's light starts shining, it doesn't overcome it. It doesn't overcome it. And I want us to take courage in that. But then it says, but there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And then we're going to skip ahead in that chapter, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. I wanted to really focus in on, on the word of God today. And the when I say the word of God, I, I don't just mean the, the scripture and the text within as it is. But actually... The incredible sacred nature that the Jewish people place on Torah, on God's written word, and how Jesus is that word. So they have this absolute respect for it at the highest level. Like it is, it is up there with God. And, and what we see in the Genesis account is that God speaks. And when he speaks, these things come into being. And when he speaks these things into being, he looks at it, he assesses it, and he says that it was good. Now... What happened after this moment in Genesis where God creates and speaks things into being and it was good, there comes a moment where sin enters into the world and it is no longer good because that which was good was never fading. That which was good was imperishable. This now perishes. There was no end in sight. Now there is an end in sight. Death did not reign. Now death reigns. Through one man's sin, all die. And in the New Testament, it says, and through one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, we all receive eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God spoke creation into being. Creation was on point. Creation was good. It was whole. It was complete. It was lacking and nothing. Then as God speaks and creation is formed through the fall in Genesis chapter 3, where we ate of something that we shouldn't, where sin entered in through Adam, all now born of Adam and Eve, original sin, the theological belief, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God, all die. Now, when we look at creation, when God looks at creation, all of a sudden there's a conversation shift. In the times of Noah, God looks at man and his heart is continually wicked. If we are to look at the world around us today, I think we can all look at it and say it is continually wicked. When we look at um, uh, racial injustice, we can see the world around us is incredibly wicked and disgusting and evil. 
When we look at the disparity of those who have and those who don't, we can see the world is incredibly wicked all the time. When people can sit on the wealth of billions and know that today, this day, by the time the sun goes down, 10 to 20,000 children around the world will have died because of poverty. And yet they could live in absolute luxury and sleep smoothly through the night. The world is incredibly wicked. When God looks at the world, he can't look at the world and say that it is good. You and I, when we look at and assess the world, sometimes we all go, well, I'm a good person, I'm a good this, I'm a good that. God's standard for good is very, very different. God's standard for good, good means perfect, complete, lacking in nothing, completely whole. Now, John in his gospel starts to speak and he starts to look at the Genesis story of a God who spoke all things into being. He looks at that story and that narrative and everyone in the Jewish tradition knows that that narrative is, it was good, it's broken, it's inherently evil, it's sinful, we all sin, we've all fallen short of God's glory. There was a promise with Adam there will be a way back. All of a sudden, what John starts to do in his gospel, which is quite brilliant, is he says the spoken word in Genesis was God and was with God. And then he says the word became flesh and blood and was Jesus. Man, so Jesus, and it says in Philippians, didn't step back. He was in the form and the image of God, but didn't consider that something to keep hold of, but let go of it and emptied himself and became a servant, a bond servant, to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, that you and I could come to salvation, that we could be whole again, that we could have a hope that goes beyond the grave, that we could have a hope that goes beyond this world. God didn't save us by good works, but God saves us for good works. God wants to save me from my sin, that I can receive eternal life through Jesus, but not so I can sit on the bench. He wants me to be in the game. He wants you to be in the game. He wants us to be people who speak new realities into being. He wants us to be people that bring and speak and carry the gospel with us. Now, I believe in the age that we're in so often, the criticism of scripture, and when we, we look at these things like higher criticism, things like that, you start talking about the gospel and, and people look at it and they go, yeah, but it's a load of fairy tales, loads of nonsense and things like that. I have loads of friends who are atheists and, and people who speak in that way. But I just want to point out something. I want to read something with you for a moment because I want us to tap into something really significant today. I want us to move past the superfluous and step into the significant. Last week we talked about new realities, God speaking a new reality. I want to tell you about the only time where God spoke a new reality into existence after Genesis that is beyond crazy, the most awesome and powerful good news anyone could ever encounter. And I want to read it through one of the leading um, physicists on the face of the earth of our time, Michio Kaku. I work in something called string theory. That's what I do for a living. In fact, that's my day job. I am the co-founder of string theory. Theory, string field theory, one of the main branches of string theory. The latest version of string theory is called M-theory for M membrane. So we now realize that strings can coexist with membranes. So the subatomic particles we see in nature, the quartz, the electrons, are nothing but musical notes on tiny vibrating strings. Now I find this fascinating because I've watched a lot of atheists take Genesis 
and look at the Genesis story and account and they've just absolutely butchered it from a scientific standpoint. And yet one of the leading most respected areas in physics at the moment, in theoretical physics, is around string theory, which is actually looks like it could be the only unifying theory on show and available today in the world of physics. So it's an incredibly important theory. And it actually ties in completely with the Genesis account that everything just comes down to tiny little strings, that everything in the reality of the world we're in is just vibrations, sound. It comes down to tiny vibrations on strings. And in the Genesis account, God spoke all things into being. I think it's crazy no one's talking about that. That we have the only theoretical like, piece of physics that could potentially unify all theories. And yet it completely is in line with what the scripture says. I want to go on and read something else about string theory for a moment. So please bear with me. I know this is what you normally expect for church, but we're going to church today. At the heart of string theory is the thread of an idea that's run through physics for centuries. That at some fundamental level, all the different forces, particles, interactions, and manifestations of reality are tied together as part of the same framework. Instead of four independent fundamental forces, strong, electromagnetic, weak, and gravitational, there's one unified theory that encompasses all of them. I want to read to you something from Colossians. I've been in this book all week. I love it so much. I've been reading it every time I've um, had a break at work. Colossians 1 verse 15 to 20. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in all things, in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The thing that really hits me about Colossians is where it says all things, that he is redeeming all things, that he is unifying. And he, like when we talk about a unifying theory, the only unifying theory around is that everything comes down to vibrations, that everything comes down to sound at the smallest, smallest level. The only thing that unifies all things is Jesus because he is the one in whom all things were made and have their being. And he is the one who in his blood being shed on the cross has come that he might reconcile to himself all things whether on earth and in the heavens all things guys i want to bring you a spoiler today i've been reading revelation this week and it says that every tribe and every tongue that every knee shall bow in philippians and every tongue confess that jesus christ is is lord to the glory of god the father that i believe that when god spoke a word and he spoke his gospel into being when when jesus went from being in the form of God, and he didn't regard that a thing to be held on to, but he let go of that. He put that aside. He put that aside that he could come in to this. Like the way I can, I want to talk about it is like a song that's gone wrong. It's like a song, and the singer is singing out a tune. The the note is is duff, and then Jesus comes, and he comes, the one who spoke all things into the song and into the piece of music. He comes and he retunes the whole song. He makes the whole song and symphony make sense. 
You see, all of these things, the, the, the word that God spoke was meant to endure forever. But because of sin, it had gone off kilter. It had gone off tune and it caused death. Right now in our world, there are things, there are vibes, there are sounds, there are words that are speaking death all around us. And as Christians, it is so important that we become aligned with what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is doing, that, that we speak forgiveness, that we speak new realities into being, that we speak a better world into being, not just by the words. When I say speak, you have to understand something. Jesus did something miraculous. When people heard his teaching, they said, who is this who teaches with authority? Because when he spoke, it happened. When he spoke, people were healed. When he spoke, demons had to leave. When he spoke, the storm calmed. Because at the smallest level, everything comes down to tiny vibrations of sound. And he has come to reconcile all things to himself. And he didn't do any of it by speaking things of his own initiative. He didn't do any of it by doing things of his own initiative. Because you see, words and actions harmoniously have to become one. And that's why the word became flesh, because there was the spoken word of God, but it had to become flesh that the word and the action would be united, that they would be whole. That's why when Jesus talks about it being such a big deal, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because actually when our word doesn't match our deed, it causes a separation. It's a sin issue. It doesn't work. But we have to be united and entangled. He says that he and the Father is one. And he wants us to be one with him and one with the Father. That it's through his death on a cross that you and I can be forgiven. That when Jesus was baptized into the water, the Spirit descended down upon him and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That is the only means of access that you and I have. That God can look at me. God can look at you. And he can say, This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased because of what Jesus has done. That he has come, that he is the unifying theory, that he is the one that makes us whole. He is the one that brings us from all different walks of life and yet makes us into one family, united about one vision, the Great Commission, united around one mission and, and a set of values that brings us together. At this time, I really want to encourage you, like I really want to encourage you, like I said, to click the link in the bio and get involved in the Bible Book Club because we are looking through the Gospel of John. Andre's doing a fantastic job doing the Bible Book Club. And we're looking at John particularly because we want to be in sync with Jesus. We want to be in sync with what he's saying. We want to be in sync with what he's doing. The only way that happens is by allowing God to do something internal within us that becomes external. By allowing with God to reconcile us to himself that we are not on the bench, but that we're active participants in the great goodness that he is doing around us here and now. I'm going to pray for us today. I realize that was pretty heavy, but it's the good news of God and the gospel of salvation for each and every single one of us. I'm just going to pray for us all right now. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, I thank you for your love towards each and every single one of us. I thank you, Lord, that you speak new realities into being that you looked at the world and it was good. But then after sin, you looked at the world and man's heart was continually evil, continually wicked. Father, I guess we just come right now. We humble ourselves before you and say, Lord, we know that the intentions and the desires of our heart that can consume us so easily can be so wicked, so selfish. 
so destructive and lead only to death. Father, we come and we, we bow at the cross of Christ. We ask that you'd forgive us. We know that you are the only unifying theory. We know that you are the only one that will take these vibrations and allow them to carry on throughout eternity. Not just as they are, but good and whole and perfect and pleasing to you. Father, what we ask this week is we ask that you would do something significant within each and every one of us. That God, we would start skipping past the superfluous life that we lead and hone into the significance of you, your cross, and your love for each and every one of us. Father, just right now, I just want to take this time and I pray for those who are live with us or watching the recording later, Lord, that we would just take a moment to repent and say, Father, forgive me my sins. Father, forgive me for the vibes that I've given off that are so bad. My vibrations have been out of tune. I've brought death to those around me. I've brought death. Would you come? Would you forgive me? Would you enable me to have the good vibes that you've called for us to all have? Would you enable me to be a part of speaking and doing everything that you are seeking to do in this time, bringing the kingdom of heaven near to those around us? In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, have a fantastic Sunday. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you have an amazing time. Hey guys, sorry you're just joining us now. It's going to be live. It's going to be on the Instagram TV later. I'll be putting it all up. It's so great to have you with us. Um, we love you guys. I really ask and encourage each and every single one of you guys, if you could make sure you click the link in the bio, get involved in the Bible Book Club. We're doing a fantastic one. Andre's doing a great job looking at John. I want to encourage you guys to this week hone in to who Jesus is. Repent before him. Turn away from the sin in your life. Embrace him fully. And just allow him to heal your heart. Allow him to align you with him. I want you to know that as you pray to him, sometimes you're going to experience this overwhelming conviction of sin. Then you're going to experience this overwhelming lifting of it as this burden's lifted. And that's a beautiful thing. But I want you to know that sometimes when you pray, it's like you really come up against this friction and this opposing force. And it's so difficult and it's hard sometimes. And I just want to encourage you to keep going with that prayer and keep talking about it because God wrestles with us for our own benefit. Sometimes he pushes us back to push us forward. Sometimes we don't get the answers that we're seeking because he needs to transform something within us. Sometimes he does it because he wants to realign you, not with something that will make you just live for today, but live for eternity. Sometimes he pushes back against us because actually, whether we like to admit this or confess this or not, our actions, our intentions and our attitudes bring death to society around us. And he's looking to reconcile all things to himself. And he wants you and I to play a part in that. But that means when we spend time in prayer with him, we have to change our values. We have to become missional. We have to become outward focused, not inward. Because if he'd stayed inward focused, he stays in the form of God. But he went on the greatest mission known to man, that you and I could receive forgiveness of our sins. And I'm so grateful for all that he's done for me and will do for me. And I pray that you encounter that same goodness. 
Have a great week, guys. Make sure you check out the link in the bio. We've got a Connect card, digital one. If you fill that out, we'll be in touch that you know about the mission, vision, and the values of our church. And we'd love for you guys to find out more and how you can get better connected with everything we're doing at City Hill. Love and peace, guys. Love and peace. J-String Theory, take that. He's unifying all things to himself. The only unifying theory in existence. See you next Sunday, 10.30, live on Instagram. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light, we are the light. We are the light, we are the light.